Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Kay. Thank you so much for tuning in as we focus in on the Monday after the New England loss. Uh, well, the loss to the Patriots, I should say, 41-16. But of course, before we get to that... I want to talk about our friends at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, downtown 70. Colorado beers on tap, 100 Colorado distilled spirits, and of course, the great American Alpine Fair that is locally sourced. And the best thing about this is Chef Taylor Creedon rotates that food seasonally. So it's not the same food all year long. You're going to get a variety, and it is fantastic. And of course, for Saturday, Sunday, you football fans, go on over there because they got all kinds of great stuff, and you can find them on the the web tap14.com that's spelled out tap14 14, 14 spelled out dot com my guest today for the broncos blitz podcast john mendoza a uh, beat writer here for uh, mile high sports and of course you can find his work at milehighsports.com john welcome to the uh, podcast thank you so much for having me pleasure to be here let's talk about this loss it was a pretty brutal one right 41 16 new england they uh, kind of had their way well, just about everywhere, but I think your biggest story here, obviously, is special teams. But we'll get to special teams. Let's talk a little bit about the defense stopping the Patriots' offense initially off the bat. How did you think they did against Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, etc.? Not well, not well at all. Bottom line, one of the worst performances we've seen from the Broncos' defense against any Patriots team. Uh, I, I've never seen Tom Brady under so little pressure. I've never seen a cleaner yeah. jersey worn by number 12. Uh, you know, you could have taken that jersey off and sold it at a shop. The Broncos simply did not get pressure on Tom Brady, uh, whether that was a great call by Brady, audibling, sending out running backs to draw attention away from the pass rushers. It was just a, a terrible game in terms of pass rush efficiency. One sack came from uh, safety Justin Simmons there uh, over at the red zone. So a great time to get a sack. To stop the Patriots from driving, but bottom line, I mean, looking at the stats here, Von Miller, one tackle, no sacks. Shane Ray, three tackles, one assist, no sacks. Shaq Barrett, nowhere to be found. Yeah. Uh, going forward, if the Broncos want to compete and they want to turn their season around, they've got to get this elite pass rush back on track. And and scheming against the pass rush is what Von Miller talked about post game about how New England did such a great job at them, and it seems like week after week after week, I mean, it doesn't even matter who you're facing. If you're not getting a pass rush, you're going to get torn up, but especially and particularly when it's Tom Brady, it's a bad uh, uh, recipe for disaster. And I want to focus in on a drive that uh, came out after the uh, halftime. Broncos get the ball. They go down the field, 13 plays, 75 yards, and kind of crawl themselves back in. You're talking about 11-point game at that time. And now you kind of feel like, well, if the defense makes one stop, if they can just get that turnover, all of a sudden, maybe things uh, change. Seven plays, 75 yards. Brady's three for three on the drive, 50-plus yards. And then, of course, it ends with that eight-yard touchdown to Deion Lewis. I mean, that was kind of the backbreaker. I mean, that was, you know, I don't know if it's the straw that broke the camel's back because the camel's back was kind of broken already, but right. certainly a opportunity that was missed. And a big part of this, I think they just could not get a pass rush up front. No, absolutely not. And then that drive in particular, I mean, the, Brady was just slinging the ball all over. Three for three, but it felt like he was slinging it much more. The Broncos were getting beat on short passes. They were getting beat by running backs. Uh, Rob Gronkowski had a huge game, particularly on that drive. Again, they couldn't stop the run. Yeah. They go back and forth with this. They started out a great season, uh, stopping four of the best running backs in the NFL. And then in the last couple of weeks, they give up multiple yards on the ground. Uh, and this week, again, you know, Patriots using their stable of running backs. Broncos had a hard time not only getting pressure on Brady from the outside, but stopping the interior run. Uh, the, the Patriots running backs, they had running, game, running lanes open all game. 
Yeah, and and that's a big, big problem. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, Broncos offense. It's Broncos Blitz podcast. My guest, John Mendoza. Uh, you, can, of course, can find his work at milehighsports.com. Where are you on Twitter, John? Uh, at John underscore Mendoza 27. Okay, so you can follow him and uh, uh, grab all kinds of Broncos good tidbits. Let's talk about how the Broncos offense did. Brock Osweiler, Emmanuel Sanders having a big game, a little bit of chemistry going on there. Oh, absolutely. I think that happens when you know you make the switch from Simeon, who's a great game manager but doesn't have the elite arm strength and the athleticism that Osweiler sure. has. You can clearly see over the past two games with DT and Emmanuel Sanders having much more improved games, better stats than they did with Trevor Simeon. Osweiler can make the throws that Simeon never could. He can get the ball downfield. He can fit the ball in a tight window. Is he by any means an elite-level quarterback? I wouldn't say that just quite. But Osweiler has shown promise in terms of getting the ball to his two best playmakers. Sanders had an outstanding game. I think that's one of the very few silver linings from this game yeah six catches a buck 37 an outstanding game he became the 21st player active player in the nfl to get over uh, 6,000 receiving yards yep, yep. so a huge milestone for sanders there um chemistry getting built uh sanders looks like he's back to his bench itself it looks like he came back from the ankle injury very well uh, recovering from that and it'll be interesting to see what the broncos do at the quarterback position going forward and there were multiple times where osweller threw the pass that kind of led Sanders out of a bad situation, you know, in in a couple ways where Sanders would cut across the corner to make the catch. And then he has that opportunity to get that, that stat we love yak yards after the catch. And uh, there were multiple situations there that they executed well. And this is look, this is a Patriot defense that, a lot of people have bagged on because they have been so bad. But there are a couple talented guys there. Patrick Chung, Devin McCourty. I mean, you you have a couple guys there that can make plays. And the Broncos offense, they looked, they didn't look anemic. Right. And they didn't look boring or bland. So I will give them that. Certainly you want more than 16 points. And that, that was a, a big, big problem. But, uh, you know, that that's... That can become a problem when you're you're pinned back and and Denver could really it, they actually had a fairly decent game rushing. It's just you can't establish that when you're down early so much, and that's kind of where it leads to us next. And that was special teams. Oh goodness, special teams was awful. Yeah, that's one way. That's one way to put it, and that's putting it lightly. One, uh, one of the worst I think I've ever seen watching football. Yeah, uh, it was really one of the worst. And actually, I tweeted this out. Um, because I thought to myself, boy, this would be the most Broncos thing to happen. <laughs> and it ended up did happening. I, I uh, jinxed it. Uh, the, of course, that being on the punt block, that's after the kickoff return. Um, the muffed fumble by Isaiah McKenzie. Vance Joseph postgame said, we left Isaiah McKenzie in after the muff because he is our punt returner. And he, that's his job. Is that the correct way to approach it? Because it's very clear over the past couple of weeks McKenzie has struggled mightily. Right, he can't catch the he can't catch punts. You know, and I don't know who else you put in there, but gosh, Brandon Marshall made a catch on a punt late in the game <laughs> over his back shoulder. It just seems like the kid is shook and he's just not ready. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. And one of these days, I want Vance Joseph to be my next boss because he is the most forgiving head coach I think I've ever <laughs> seen in, in the history of watching football. I mean, it took him how long to pull Trevor Simeon? Yeah. You had fans chanting to at least give Osweiler a shot, and Vance Joseph stuck with Trevor Simeon. Far longer than I think he should have. And I think he's doing the same thing with Isaiah McKenzie. I think he wants to send a message to the locker room that he's going to you know, be forgiving and he's going to work with the guys he has. But at what point do you draw the line? I mean, this is Isaiah McKenzie's fifth fumble. And at this point, you can't make those mistakes against the Patriots. Yeah. If anything else, send somebody else back there. You had Booker returning kicks. He caught every single one of those kickoffs. Well, and even then, just, just catch the ball. Fair right. catch. 
You put, know, put the arm up in the air, catch the ball, two hands. It's it's that simple. It's gotten to the point almost where I'm like, maybe you should just not have a punt returner <laughs> and just just let the ball roll. Let that mile just high air work and put it in the end zone, right? You know, it, it, it's it's been such a a unfortunate string of events because these these are games where we. T- uh, Patriots scored 24 points off special teams issues and errors. Right. You take away that 24 points, it's a one-point game. Exactly. And and I'm not saying that that's how the game was going to play out, but you can see how big special teams affects the game. And I think a lot of people think, oh, special teams, is, it is what it is. It's just it's just catching the ball. It's just kicking the ball. It's, it's, it's kind of the forgotten third department in a football game. This is how glaring it is. And then you talk about a coach in uh, Bill Belichick who had some strategic kickoffs as well, too, when they were kicking off. I mean, this is a big, big part of this game. Oh, absolutely. And, and the Broncos just don't have it. And they, their special teams have struggled all season long. And it just came to a breaking point here against the Patriots. I mean, you don't have to have an elite special teams to be good in the NFL. Sure. But for goodness sake, you just have to be able to stop kickoff returns and not allow block punt. This is this is simple stuff that we expect the Denver Broncos with this elite talent to go out there and make. This is just basic level football that the Broncos simply don't have right now with this coaching staff. Yeah, because this is a team where if they play good on either offense or defense— and then average on the other side of the ball, and then just play fine special teams. This is a team that could be in the ball game in in many of these games this year, and that just hasn't been the case. Brock Olivo is a fine, fine soundbite. Right. He gives us some great stuff at the podium, and boy, when when he talks. I want to run through a wall for him. You man. listen. He I mean, captures your attention. He's close. He's intimate. He wants to fight. He wants. To, he uses words like violent and attack. And we're gonna get him, man. We're gonna get those guys. But should he keep his job after this? I mean, we're talking about a special teams coach right now that has not been good at all. We're not seeing any sort of glaring potential or or light at the end of the tunnel. The field goal kicking was awful early. The uh, the return defense has not been good. It drives me nuts every single time when they catch the ball in the end zone and they're a yard, 2 yards, 3 yards back and they bring it out and and even then I'm thinking just take your 25. Right. But they're doing it 7 8 yards back. Why, John? Why? I, I wish I had an answer for you. I, I don't definitely don't want to call for anybody in the NFL to lose their job. But at the same token, you know, at what point does it stop? Olivo uh, has not been good as, as a special teams coordinator. I understand it's his first year in the gig. He learned from some of the best special teams coaches in Kansas City. But, I mean, for goodness sakes, you're right. The Broncos have not been good in either. They've not been good at punt returns. They've not been good in kickoff returns, covering punts. McManus, who is one of my favorite kickers in the NFL, not just because he's a Bronco, but because he makes those hard 50-yard kicks that most kickers don't have the talent to do he's just now coming out of his slump sure and you're right Olivo he is such a passionate coach you can tell that you can tell that he really gets into it with his players absolutely he motivates them he gives us great sound clips great interviews but then he falls short on game day and game day is where it really really counts give me a boring coach that produces on game day that has great special teams that if an offense is struggling they can run a kickoff back yeah they can take a punt and bring the offense right into the red zone bring me that special teams yeah it's it's got to improve if you're denver i mean they the special teams is kind of that one department where it's like you almost assume you're absolutely going to get at least average play right and it's been it was at least yesterday against the patriots it was just a complete disaster 
disaster. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast. Of course, John Mendoza, my guest here with me. You could check out all his work at milehighsports.com. What are you working on uh, more recently, uh, John? Uh, this morning, I wrote an article about the Broncos' tight end position and how they've absolutely sure. mishandled that the past two seasons, which was capitalized by failing to take even to take a look at Martellus Bennett, who then turned around, played for the Patriots, put up a decent game, and uh, really hurt the Broncos, especially on that first drive. I want to talk about, in particular, the head coach, as Vance Joseph, because we are seeing a team that is now 3-6, and six, has had problems in creativity on the offense, has had problems with the defense as of late. I mean, we're talking about a billion points being scored against this Broncos team. He's constantly saying they look great in practice Monday through Saturday. They're amazing, and then they don't show up on Sunday. We're now seeing special teams over and over and over again. I would imagine at some point Vance Joseph has to go into the coach's uh, uh, office and say, Brock, Isaiah McKenzie cannot be catching punts anymore. That this is just, it's absurd. Definition of insanity, doing it over and over and over again, expecting a different result. And it's not, there's no different result. So how much of the blame is on Vance Joseph? Is this just a learning period or is this just maybe just ineffective coaching? I think it's a combination of both. He's a first year head coach. For goodness sakes, he was only a defensive coordinator for one year in Miami. And even then his defense was average. And and that's putting a positive spin on things. Uh, I think this is a big learning curve for him. He's going to learn that you have to be able to pull the plug on certain positions, certain players, and even certain coaches. Um, Joseph's got to take this opportunity sure. to to learn and to say, you know, maybe we, Mc, maybe McKenzie doesn't suit up for a game. We we all want everybody to succeed, but the reality is that's just not how it works. Oh, right, absolutely. Um, maybe McKenzie sits out for a game. Maybe he sends that message to the team that says, yes, I'm going to have my players back. That's the one thing we heard about Vance Joseph all offseason. He's a player's coach. He's and you have to be held accountable for poor play. I, it drives exactly. me nuts when I see Jordan Taylor on the inactive list. Oh, my God. He is one of my favorite players. He has shown time and time again in the preseason and practice. He and catches everything. Camp. He's the tallest person <laughs> with the exception of Osweiler. Why would you not at least give him a chance when Sanders is hurt? Taylor comes in, he does a fine job and with the struggles at the quarterback with Trevor Simeon. But every time he's, he's inactive, it just reminds me time and time again, you know, who, who's taking that spot? You True. mean to tell me that McKenzie is going to fumble the game away, but you won't put in Jordan Taylor, somebody who has a chance to make a difference for a struggling offense? Yeah, just put him back and just fair catch everything. Like, oh, I'm totally cool with that. I am 100% totally cool with that. It's a Broncos Blitz podcast. My name is Ronnie K. My guest at John Mendoza, milehighsports.com. Of course, you can read his work. Let's look ahead really quick. Uh, just briefly, Bengals, they visit the Broncos. Uh, Bengals have struggled. They're three and six as well, too. They're a team that is not very good on the road as well. One and four. Uh, what? I don't want to talk particularly about the matchups, but just what are the couple biggest glaring things that Denver really needs to touch up. I mean, obviously, special teams is one of them, too, but I would like to see a little bit of pass rush out of the defense as well, too. Absolutely. Anytime you can pass rush any quarterback, but especially one of Andy Dalton, who doesn't have the best arm strength, he doesn't have the best best. He's not a mobile guy. No, absolutely not. So Von Miller, Shane Rayco, they should be able to feast on Andy Dalton. The Bengals have had suspect pass protection all, all season long. And of course, they lost their, their fine tackle, Whitworth, as well, too. Oh, yeah. of course. I mean, he was a, a free agent target here in Denver, and he's succeeding over the Rams just with the hmm. former special teams coordinator, Vance <laughs> uh, Wade Phillips. So we won't, we won't get into that right now. Um, looking at the Bengals, they, they've got to be able to stop the run as well. Um, Jeremy Hill was just placed on IR for the Bengals, so it's going to be rookie Joe Mixon, who, again, was another possible target for the Broncos. Uh, they're going to have to really lock down on Mixon, make sure he doesn't beat them on the ground, take away the simple throws that Dalton can make, and Tlaib has got to step his game up. He didn't have the best of games against the Eagles, 
Eagles. He rebounded nicely against the Pats, uh, mostly Brady avoiding Tlaib. But if Tlaib can lock down A.J. Green, as, as we've seen him do in times past, uh, the Broncos have a chance to uh, pull an upset on the Bengals here and bring it back around. Yeah, and, and I mean, we're looking at a team now that I, would you agree the season as far as getting to the playoffs is over? Oh, just about. I I, I would not put my money on it. I mean, ma- ma- mathematically, obviously, they're not eliminated, but it's pretty much a long oh, shot. A loss yeah, to the Bengals, I think, would just stick a fork in them. Yeah, uh, we are presented, of course, by Tap Fourteen Nineteen Twenty Blake Street, of course, uh, down there near Coors Field, and. Boy, uh, they've got a great location. They've got a great place. You walk in, you sense the atmosphere. You know, you walk into some of these places, and the atmosphere is just kind of not there. They're just kind of, you know, the it. Well, I tell you what, Tap 14's got it. And of course, they got those 70 Colorado beers on tap. They're local, you know? And Chef Taylor Creedon with the American Alpine Fair that is locally sourced. And then, of course, they rotate that seasonally so it doesn't get stale. And of course, for football fans, and maybe it's not just the NFL, it's college. Because because of course, you could go check that out on Saturdays down there uh, at Tap 14. Go check out the website, tap14.com. That's 14 spelled out, tap14.com. Really quick, one more time, your Twitter, John? At John, Mendo- John underscore Mendoza 27. Very good, very good. So John Mendoza joining me on the Broncos Blitz podcast. Thank you so much, bud. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll probably do more of these in the future as, uh, of course, you write some great stuff for milehighsports.com. And uh, we look forward to having you on the next podcast. Thanks so much for having me. God bless. All right, very good. Be sure to check out our friends at Tap14 on the website, tap14.com. That's tap14.com. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast. My name is Ronnie K. Thank you so much for tuning in. and. Be sure to check out, again, our friends at tap14.com if you want to check out archived podcasts, a previous podcast of uh, the Broncos Bliss podcast. Be sure to check that out at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.